0: Hi, and welcome to the Pet Healer Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Mitzi Vargas. Happy holidays. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about toys for our pets, especially dogs, because let's be honest, cats are just little angels that don't get in trouble, right? Well, I'm a cat person. I'm sorry. That's what I say, and I'm sticking to it. But first, before getting into the blog, I want to start with my PSA for 2021 holiday season pets are not gifts. They are responsibilities. They do horrible for being a surprise gift, especially because the recipient may not be the one, you know, able to financially care or have the time or even want that gift. So before you gift a pet for the holidays, Think clearly who's going to be the recipient. Uh, Do not make it a surprise. Consult with them. And if possible, adopt. Give them, you know, those shelters a call. They have so many waiting to be adopted. And you could be a hero this holiday if you adopt a pet for the shelter. Thank you for my PSA. And now let's talk about toys. And I know that there are so many beautiful toys. I just went to PetSmart to buy some stuff for my pets. And there were at least 50 toys that I thought, oops, this is going to end up bad for whoever gets this toy. The reason is a lot of the toys and cookies and treats are colored uh, green and yellow and red. And some of those are not, just the good uh, food coloring. Some of them are colorings like red 40 that have some issues with some animals and causing allergies, um, food allergies or food reactions. And so they have green and yellow and red and they're made out of rawhide. And guess rawhide, if it's a solid piece of rawhide, it is a bad, bad idea, my friends. It is cheap. I know it. it is cute, but it's not a good gift. Um, I think that the rawhide that uh, that looks like particle board, which is a lot of pieces compressed, that's better because it breaks down at least. Um, I don't advocate to give rawhide to anybody, but if you're going to do it, make sure it's not a solid piece. Make sure it breaks down because I guarantee you your pet's going to be excited. And some of pets out there are not like my Uli. He chooses food 20 times. (laughs) <laughs> but some pets just swallow the food whole, and so uh, that would be become a problem. It could cause a GI obstruction, and then if it causes that, then the pet it won't move, so it cannot eat, it cannot defecate, and then it starts vomiting, and promptly you get an electrolyte imbalance, and it can end up even perforating the GI, and that would be an almost fatal situation that would need immediate intervention, emergency surgery in the middle of the holidays, my friends, is going to cost you a big penny to take care of that problem. So prevention is way better. Listen to me, do not buy any rawhide, and then you'll be fine. The other thing that I don't want you to buy is antlers. There's a lot of antlers out there and people decorate them and give them for Christmas for dogs, big dogs especially. Because it's really hard to find good chews for big dogs, especially the hyper ones that go through them and chew it in three pieces and swallow them. So people like to do big bones and they cook them and they get big marrow bones. And I don't recommend anything that you cannot bend. And the reason is the tooth uh, versus the bone or the tooth versus the antler, the antler and the big bone cooked, I mean, is going to win. And the tooth is going to fracture. So we see a lot of carnations which are the big molars in the back where they use for chewing. We see what we call a, uh, a slab fracture, which means it's like longitudinal to the crown, and it exposes the nerve and the, the, the root of the, uh, you know, the nerve of that um, tooth, and this is extremely painful. It gets infected pretty quickly, but it's very painful. Of course, your dog, some of them are so stoic, they just eat on the other side. So by the time you notice this, it might be when you're in there for the annual exam that they see it, but I guarantee you, it happened with those antlers in the holiday season. So again, listen to me, don't buy any antlers or any kind of hard chew that you cannot bend. Do the bendy test. If it bends, it's good. So the other thing, or else you're going to um, contribute to my dentistry revenue because I will be there taking the tooth, I will I will take care of it, but then you're just funding my dentistry revenue. Uh, if you want to give those hard things. The other thing I wanted to ask you to do is to check those fluffy toys. Because those fluffy toys, a lot of them are filled to the brim with, um, you know, polyester and polyurethane. All these things, the little uh, balls are the worst. The little pebbles, um, because they can be broken if, if, you, they, if the pet chews enough and breaks the seam, they can ingest the contents. So... Think about it. Can my dog ingest this and be okay? Because if the answer is yes, well, then go ahead and buy it. If it's, the answer is this is so full of stuffing that if he were to open it and eat it, he would be obstructed. Then don't buy it. There's so many good toys that are made for hard chewers, and they're flat nowadays. And so those flat toys I really like because they're just made out with corduroy or... Um, Uh, canvas type uh, materials. And uh, you can see the seams are really well done. Those are for strong chewers. Kong toys are pretty good. There's different brands out there. Of course, they don't pay me a penny, but if they want to um, support my podcast, I would definitely recommend them. Um, But, you know, these toys are out there. You just have to look at them. Don't fall for the cutesy. Because this holiday season, we have plenty of cutesy toys that are extremely dangerous. Like I said, I walked through Petsmart and there were so many that have googly eyes. They were made out of buttons, uh, beautiful, realistic eyes, but they're buttons. That is going to be ingested. And if your dog is a Great Dane, that's not going to do anything. But if your dog is a teacup uh, chihuahua, or if it's a little Yorkie, guess what? It could definitely block some of the GI passages and then cause trouble. So don't buy anything that you can remove in the store. If it moves in the store, your dog will find it, will pull it apart. So don't buy them. So I hope that this holiday season you put some uh, mindfulness when you're buying the toys. Try not to get stuff that is made in China um, and again, I might get in trouble for this, but some of those toys are made uh, in places, not just China, but other places like Bangladesh and other places where there is no regulations on the paint that they use for them. They make them really pretty and really cheap. But some of that paint is toxic. So toxic that if the, your dog chews on it and it has lead or lead particles, it can be fatal. So I would. Be patriotic in this holiday season and buy from USA, um, you know, companies. Because, again, you can at least go after them (laughs) in here. You know, you you can't do anything if you buy from, um, you know, sources that you can't even uh, go to and, and reclaim. But your pet is so important. Please take the time to evaluate the toys. Make sure they they. Fit in the mouth, but not too small. Not smaller than the width of the mouth, because if they if they're smaller, they can swallow. They can choke. Many do- dogs choke on uh, balls that are too small. The ball should be way bigger than the mouth. It's not supposed to uh, be easy to uh, handle them. And so, please make sure that you don't do teeny tiny toys for a g- big dog, because it will not do well. It can choke. It's a choke hazard. Think about your dogs like a three-year-old or two-year-old toddler. If it's safe for a toddler, it's probably safe for your dog. So they are our children, our fur children. For so many people, there's the only thing that they have. So for you, I know that you love your pet. So take the time to examine the toys, do the bending uh, test, do the wiggle the eyes wiggle the things make sure that you go through it inspect them and pick the best hi and welcome to the pet healer podcast this is your host dr mitzi vargas and today we're going to talk about a fairly common problem with dogs uh, it is basically ear problems yeah ear infections and why are some dogs uh, so predisposed to chronic ear infections and you're gonna say well dr vargas why talk about such a common occurrence, and and there's so many Western approaches to it? Well, because uh, it's fun to see a regular problem that is fairly common here in Florida, uh, but treat it with the integrative approach. And um, that is where the difference is made, where we don't see this uh, super chronic infections in the ears, and we don't let or allow these dogs to get the ear canals so thickened and so misshapen and malformed and swollen that they end up requiring surgery to open their ear canals, an ablation of the ear canal. And so that, to me, is an extreme. It's definitely definitely a solution that is available with Western medicine, but how can we prevent these dogs from getting these chronic infections? I think even how do we uh, go further than this? The prequel, before the problem, the prequel, right? The prequel of the ear infection show is um, let's find predisposing factors. So the ears are the domain of the liver, right, and the gallbladder, if you look at the gallbladder meridian, it circles around the ears, and of course we can name gallbladder one uh, very close to the ear, um, the lateral canthus of the ear point Tushwin, um, but then we name gallbladder two, which is at the base, lower base of the ear, where it attaches to the skull, and then it kind of like goes around. Uh, to the back of the ear. And then it, obviously we have gallbladder 20, which is a very important point for wind. Um, and wind, of course, is an excess in the gallbladder. And it could be external or internal. So itch is one of the components of the ear infections. They're very itchy. They're scratching. Sometimes they self mutilate. Why? is the external wind. And Goldbler 20 is the wind pond, is the big uh, point for uh, the treatment of wind, that it is very close. Lo- localization is uh, really uh, the main ticket to treat the problem. Which meridians goes to your problem? Always think that. When you have a problem, a chronic problem, which meridians goes through your problem? The, you know, physical pathway of energy. So, of course, we know that around the ear, small intestine 19 ends ventral to the tragus. So that is um, the heart cartilage of the base of the ear. And so ventral to the tragus is a small intestine 19. And of course, the cranial and dorsal base of the ear, where it touches to the skull, is the region or, or the domain of the triple heater because triple heater has a triple heater, 21 there. So we have a small intestine 19, triple heater 21, also triple heater 17, which be the point exactly ventral to the external ear canal or the ventral base of the ear where it attaches to the skull in between the TMJ and the mastoid process. So these are the anatomical considerations that I want you to imagine the pathways of these three Yang meridians, and Yangs are great for um, relieving excesses. And, of course, the chronic ear infection is an excess, guys. It's an excess of external wind and of damp. Damp or damp heat, mostly damp heat. And damp and damp heat are just infection, right? It's It's a pathogen, an external pathogen. In dogs, it's usually yeast and bacteria, Different bacteria, rods, and cocci. Right? We have had culture everything—Pseudomonas from really resistant ones, MRSA, MRSP. You know, from very resistant ones. And but why do we get to the resistance? It's because things like Claro and um, MometaMax and all of these multi-potent uh, prescription treatments for the ear infections. They have usually an antibiotic or two, and they might have a steroid and uh, an antifungal. And so I use Claro. Let me just be clear. I do. I use Claro when appropriate. But how do we go in the prequel, the identification of these dogs that are going to have chronic ear problems? Let's go back to our constitution. So if the domain of the ear, the liver, includes the ears, then on the gallbladder, it includes the ears. Then wood personalities are going to be pretty much affected when the wood is um, out of control, it affects earth. So, we see a lot of earthy dogs like golden retrievers come for chronic ear infections we also see woody dogs like german shepherds even though they have erect ears um they do have a lot of problems with the ears um we do see um uh you know some fiery dogs very hyper you know happy-go-lucky papillons and uh, cocker spaniels a lot of cocker spaniels are either wood or fire and so These dogs, or some of them are earth, I should say, but the personality, kind of like when you're meeting those puppies for the first time, then you kind of like have an idea, uh, intuitive knowing of what are going to be some certain things that are going to affect this pet. And here in Florida, jumping in the pool, going in the lake, those are predisposing factors to ear infections because in these kind of dogs that have the long ears like Um, golden retrievers and um, beagles and dogs that have droopy ears and long ears tend to block any air block any light from the ear canals and so of course if it's dark and moist it's going to grow yeast Um, if it's dark and moist it's very habitable environment for bacteria The pH of the ear is very important as well. The right pH will repel a lot of pathogens. When the pH changes, then that's when we see the problems in the skin and also the ears. Um, Allergies. Allergies are an excess too. So it's an external wind excess and it could be wind heat. So it could be seasonal. So it be seasonal in the spring, wind heat or in the summer. Um, And so we have to just kind of like be ahead of the problem so of course we advise our owners to clean their ears you know once a week to put cotton balls and cover the ear canals before having some uh, a bath or some grooming and afterwards to the grooming and the bath to dump just really just dump some ear cleaner and it could be any ear cleaner I prefer the ones that change the Uh, pH to acidic, so they're more antifungal in that sense. And even good uh, diluted vinegar and alcohol blend um, will be like 40% alcohol, of course, not 70%. Um, That could be a good way to clean the ear. Of course, you know, if you have a chronic infection, I tend to culture it because I come in early. Okay, why is it we're doing the ear cleaning, You're not letting them swim. Um, We're doing some basic hygiene and grooming, and you still have these ear infections. We do a cytology that we can do in-house, and we all do it in-house, and we see if it's yeast, if it's bacteria. Bacteria is most concerning to me. So when I see bacteria, then I culture. I, I take another sample, send it to the lab, culture it. The benefit of it is that the lab makes me a sensitivity panel, and it tells me what medications, exactly the dosages even, and the frequency to give it, what medications are going to be effective. Then of course, using that, I, they can prepare, the, the um, compounding pharmacists can prepare a, a specific customized blend of pharmaceuticals that is going to take care of that infection. So you will avoid the recurrence because if I give you Claro, sounds great, it's wonderful, but if you have a bacterial infection that is resistant to the Claro, every time I use the Claro, I'm strengthening the bacteria and you're wasting a lot of money and time and the pet is suffering. So definitely culture and sensitivity might be thought about an expensive step, but it definitely is cheap. When, it, when you think about the future problems that you save with it. Um, so definitely once we do the, the treatment of the ear and if it's customized treatment, we see resolution immediately. Then we can mitigate any factors like don't, you know, don't let them swim. Or if they swim, after they come in, rinse the ears so that you change the pH so that you evaporate with the alcohol or the uh, stringent solutions that are for ear cleaning. It will dry up the ear canal so it doesn't stay moist. Shaving some of the inner ear, the pinna, will help because it will just create some air, you know, into that area. Um, now, the herbal ear... Um, damp heat is a great herbal formula and it really helps those dogs that are cocker spaniels or golden retrievers that have had several ear infections so after you've done the culture done everything then do Ear damp heat uh, formula it's really good it actually balances your liver chi um, and clears heat from the liver and the gallbladder so it definitely is a good option now can we do other herbs like long dang chigan which is a detoxifying from the liver yes can we do liver happy which is um uh more milder i guess uh formula for the liver yes so those are things that we can think about can we do shaya san in a earthy dog that is having all these chronic ear issues yes because shaya san Will deal with spleen and liver disharmonies. And sometimes we're thinking only GI, but some of the manifestations are not GI problems. Some manifestations are ear problems. So um, there are topical herbals that you can use um, or or preparations that you may want to use, but I kind of stay away from it because my approach works. Wonderful. So how can we clear the heat from the ears? We can use level two from the five command points. We can do level twos like um, those that go around the ears. So I would think SI2, um, triple heater two, and um, we could do gallbladder um, 43. Those would be my choices, liver two as well. And those will clear the heat from those meridians that go through the ear. So that would be something that I would add to my regular ear cleanings. So integrative medicine means that I'm going to do what's best for my patient. And that might include culture and sensitivity, cytologies, um, customized treatments, and uh, perhaps um, acupuncture every time they come. So you can just do aquapuncture. B12 is wonderful. Um, So I hope that this helped just to look at a common problem like your infections with a different perspective, like the TCVM or integrated medicine perspective. They really help refresh our edges, you know, as a clinician. And if you are a pet owner listening, you know, there's, if, if you continuously have the same problem, then you need a different approach, right? Because you're always going to get the same results if you keep, uh, you know, doing the same things. So I hope you learned something today. And if you have any questions, please hit us in one of our platforms. You know, we're in Facebook, TikTok, we're in uh, YouTube. um, And of course, in all the podcast platforms available. Thank you. Subscribe and please share the content and you can save one pet life. Thank you. And remember that From now on, we're going to be uh, downloading every Friday a brand new episodes. So you can be on the lookout for them. Uh, In the meantime, visit our Facebook page, the Pet Healer Podcast page. Uh, We also have a website, thepethealerpodcast.com, And uh, we are in most platforms, so you can uh, enjoy our topics. Thank you, and until next time, take care. Well, thanks so much for listening, guys. Information about this episode came from my book, I'll Vet, the Revolutionary Pet Care and Longevity Solution, available in Amazon at our clinic and soon to be an audiobook. So look forward to that. And this episode was sponsored by my practice, Orchid Springs Animal Hospital, and our website is www.osah.vsinvictor.ets com osavets.com. there's a lot of information out there if you want some more information on integrative pet healing and our pet healer podcast is going to be available in all platforms so we're looking forward to seeing you again